think we all have some uh, people in, in our families that we wish we were only half related to. <laughs> Don't you love that you have those people, it's like, well, we're only related by marriage, someone else's. <laughs> or it's really, really distant, like uh, trying to explain to my children how we're related to Mandy. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty far removed, but... Quite amusing, and then trying to explain to them that yes, just because she's married to Matt, that doesn't mean Ben is your cousin. So, <laughs> as desperately as my children would like to have him be. So, oh man. So here we are, glorious Sunday morning, and uh, glad to be here. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you and praise you for this place uh, to gather in your name. And what we pray this morning, God, is that your presence would do in us what only you can. God, that you would minister your word to us, God, as only you can. God, that your presence would uh, would do the, the working that we need. God, that you would soften our hearts with the, the oil of your presence. God, that, uh, that we would allow you, God, to break up the fallow ground of our hearts and to, to put these things inside of us. God, I pray. God, encourage those that need encouraged. Challenge those that need challenged. God, and, and minister to us, everyone. God, we pray it in your righteous holy name. God, it's only you can. God, organize my thoughts and, and say the things that you want to say. God, we pray it in your righteous name. Amen and amen. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 4. You know you're still tired when you can't find it. I'm sorry, uh, chapter 4. Lord willing, I'm going to be reading out of 5 today at the old folks' home. It's funny, um, part of my job is meeting people <laughs> and, uh, you know, basically just walking up to a complete stranger, shaking their hand, and introducing myself, and then trying to get them to give me a bunch of money. And uh, the funny thing is, is as much as I don't like that, um, you would think it would be easier to do that to invite somebody to church or to to talk to them about the Lord, but it uh, and it probably it probably is, but uh, it doesn't feel like it to me. <laughs> and uh, so, over the last several months, the uh, uh, attendance at the uh, the old folks thing has dwindled to pretty much nothing because the the staff there is uh, spectacularly unhelpful. And uh, um, so yesterday, uh, Cynthia and I went by uh, while the kids were at youth group and went over to Pioneer Ridge and we were passing out some little flyers and just going and inviting the, the old folks individually. Uh, um, and uh, we'll have to see how well that worked because, you know, they were they obviously, you know, being where they're at, they were a bit confused as to what we were offering them. And, you know, we mentioned that we were going to have our children there, kind of this enticement. It's like, come see the children, you know. And uh, 
um, uh, and I think that a lot of them thought we were telling them that they should bring their children. And uh, we talked to this guy named Freddie that was a retired pastor, and uh, and I think he thought I was asking him to introduce me to, today to to everyone. And so he's like, "Well, I'll introduce you as best as I know how." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, good deal." Had fun talking to him, though. But, you know, it's funny how... Uh, I like how, how Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs. Because uh, we're driving along and I was telling Cynthia, I'm so glad that you're coming with me because if you want to have a conversation with someone that you don't know and you think it might be awkward or strange, just take Cynthia with you. And she will get them talking. So she's never met a stranger. I think that must be where Jeremy gets it. Uh, me, on the other hand, I kind of like to just sit back and not talk to people if I can help it. And uh, I enjoy the anonymity of talking to a crowd of people, even if the, I know know them. The larger the crowd, the easier it is. So one of one of the one of the most difficult things in my job, besides meeting people for the first time, is when I kind of go through my spiel with them uh, and getting getting ready to. Uh, Present them with the the price and everything, and um, and how they stare at me, like look me in the eye. Like I don't like looking people in the eye. Uh, may, maybe that makes me seem untrustworthy, but I just I don't know. It's like ah, they don't look at me. And uh, so yeah, it, I'm always amazed. It's like are are that many people really good at maintaining eye contact? Because man, I didn't realize it was. I thought it was a more elusive skill than that, but. Then again, maybe maybe they maybe I'm uh, not pushy as a salesman, so they feel like they have the upper hand. I don't know. Anyway, but that's all free. Um, just the musing on that this morning. Um, so here in Second Corinthians four, uh, I'm going to borrow a uh, page from Fred's book. I don't know what the heading of your Bible says, but mine says "Never Give Up." So. Um, You know, God's been talking a lot lately about seeking Him, about taking Him seriously and, uh, you know, obeying Him on the things that He's telling us to obey Him on and all that kind of stuff. And I can tell you that when you do that, um, things in some respects will get easier, but in a lot of respects things will get harder because we have an adversary of our souls, of course. And uh, so... You know, we, we, of course, go through difficult things. And uh, it's just kind of a given, in the I think, in the Christian walk that you can pretty much count on going through difficult stuff. It's like, I don't know, I, I guess um, joining God's people uh, and not expecting to go through anything difficult would be kind of like signing up for the Army and, and saying, what do you mean boot camp? We... <laughs> Tell me about this basic training. What are we talking about here? You mean people might shoot at me when we get done with this? What? So, I just wanted the uniform because ladies like a guy in uniform. Dang it. So so here in, in chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, seeing they have this ministry. And, of course, that opens up a whole new thing that he's talking about there. And, of course, he's talking about the... Um, 
about uh, the the superiority of the ministry of Christ and how it's a, a fulfillment of all the things that, that that Moses brought in in types and shadows and things. But he said, "As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully." but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So that's interesting because he says that you could you could have these uh, hidden things of dishonesty. And uh, in other words, that would be shame. And uh, and walking in craftiness and handling the word of God deceitfully. It's like we, you wouldn't expect people to do that. Mike and I were talking about... Uh, uh, a few personnel issues we were having, and and how you know honesty is a really big deal, and trust is a, is a huge deal uh, in our in our business. And um, Mike's like, you know, maybe I'm just naive, but I'm always surprised when people lie to me. I was like, oh, I know, I am too. Like, I know people are like that, but it always surprises me every time. Um, but uh, uh, but it's awesome here because he's talking about. Um, you know, renouncing the hidden things of shame, um, not walking in craftiness or, or being deceitful with the Word of God, because you can uh, you can fence with the Scriptures and uh, and justify your position if you if you bend it around enough and uh, and, and make it seem and cherry pick things and make it seem to say what you want it to say. He says here, though, by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. That's the purpose of the church, isn't it? For the world to see Christ. And so if you if you hide those things that God is doing in your life, that He wants to do, or that He has done, then the world can't see it. And and you're you're missing the very purpose that God has for you. But for gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. So, uh, a lot of people have certainly had their minds blinded. You know, uh, people have seen um, the the church taking the name of God in vain. Uh, and living hypocritically and uh, and all kinds of, of things like that and it uh, uh, and it it feeds right into that 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 blindness of being unwilling or unable to see see Christ in his people to see that Jesus could do anything in your life um, even something as uh, as simple as as Deciding, you know what, I, I couldn't do the things that God wants me to do. There must not be anything to this whole church thing because I can't do it. Um, it uh, uh, it's like having your mind blinded. But he says, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So, so if we if we try, if, if we're the one trying to do all the stuff with our our nose to the grindstone, um, 
then we would be preaching ourselves, wouldn't we? You know, if, if we're telling people, well, you got to do and you got to say and you got to not do and, and, and all that, uh, certainly God demands obedience. And there are things that you can do and there are things you can make yourself not do. Uh, I'm not taking away from that in any way. But uh, there are things in your life that you simply cannot get rid of on your own. And, and you need God to do it. Uh, and and the, the place where we, we surrender that to Him is where He can really do something with it. Uh, we, were, we were just listening actually to a sermon on the way here. Uh, totally not what I had necessarily planned on, but... Uh, you know, Mark Rutland was talking about uh, the scripture in Zechariah about the um, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You know, and talking about the, the mountain being removed, and and he's like, you know, God is a gentleman, and if you want to try and move the mountain, He won't stop you. He'll let you. And he'll stand there and watch while you run into the mountain over and over again. It's like, ooh, that's gonna leave a mark, you know. And uh, but when you when you decide, you know what, I can't move the mountain. Uh, I, I've, I've tried to move the mountain. I want to move the mountain, but I can't move the mountain. Uh, so I, I need you to move the mountain. And that's when God can move the mountain. He can't move the mountain if you think you can do it. So, uh, you know, obviously we don't want to preach ourselves. We want to preach Christ. We don't want to preach the, our, you know, the ability of, of, of the, the flesh to obey God because... It's, that's pretty abysmal, and so, so and so it talks about here that 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 uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. And everybody knows that scripture, and uh, and that's the thing that we learn. The the longer we are a Christian, I think we find more and more that it really isn't our own power; it's Him, and that that we're really just this vessel that. That, that carries this light around, that carries this treasure around. You know, there, I think when we first get born again, there's like this zeal, you know, and this excitement, and we're so excited about the grace of God and the power of God that that uh, you know we're ready to just kind of sit back in our hammock and just let God handle it all. And and then He's like, okay, that's great, but here's here's something for you to do, and here's something for you to do. Um, because just like Abraham, we have altars to build uh, and lay some things down. And uh, um, but then he has to take us through that Isaac place, where where we can't build any altars and uh, and do anything that we could point to that would show us uh, or show anyone else that we're we're doing the things that God would have us to do and that He's really moving in our life. Um, but from that place of building those altars, sometimes we get this idea that, all right, well now it's up to me to to keep this thing moving, to to, uh, to get God's work done in my life, because He's, uh, you know, I, I suppose another way you could put it that I've heard is, um, you know, we we sometimes look at grace as the grace of God as an event in our life rather than a process, and. You know, because it's like we think, well, I came to the altar and I got grace, and and so that's that. Now, now I got to do. Um, whereas, you know, grace is this thing that continually happens in our life, and and not just the the unmerited 
favor that forgives sin, but that that uh, moves the mountains, that gets the stuff out of our life, that changes the stuff and 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 brings us through successfully, that, that brings blessing in our life. Uh, you know, in Ephesians, Paul said that. Uh, uh, that part of the purpose of the church is so that God could show His kindness to the world, to show his, his love to the world and His kindness to the church. And so that's what He always intended. That's what He intended for Israel to be, was this example of if you belong to me, if you were my people, this is how I would take care of you. And, uh, um, and of course, the, the, the church has... Uh, wrestled with that same sense of exclu- exclusivity that the, that the Jews did. Uh, and then I think nowadays we've kind of uh, uh, gone to equal and opposite errors and and have taken that idea of come as you are, uh, uh, you know, just as I am, but God doesn't need to fix anything because he loves you the way you are. And, and so he's going to always be satisfied with the way you are. And I, I passed by this church the other day in Kansas City uh, that uh, uh, had a big sign outside, had a big rainbow flag and said, gay is okay. And I was like, oh, really? It's like, are you kidding me? Um, it's like, yeah, God, God certainly loves them, but he'd like to set them free from this thing. So, anyway... Um, so, so what we want then is for the world, of course, to see see God in us. Um, but I started out talking about going through difficult things, and, that, and of course that's where He's going with this, because He says we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Uh, we're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, life of Jesus might also be made manifest in our body. So, uh, I think this is a, a good little passage to strive for, because uh, you know to ask God to like, do this in me, bring me to this place. Because I read this troubled on every side yet not distressed. I'm like, I'm thinking mildly inconvenienced on every side and, and totally in despair. <laughs> Like, right? I know. It's like I, it's like, it's like I, I hit a, I hit a speed bump and I've stopped altogether. You know, and, you know, you know, and that's the thing too is like, we all the something that might be really difficult for me to handle might seem like cake for you and vice versa. So of course there is that, but. Uh, but, you know, Paul gives us this example, troubled on every side. And then you read the book of Acts. You know, you know read about his laundry list of things that he, he, uh, he told one of the churches that he'd been through. You know, you know five times of the Jews I received 39 stripes. That's a lot of stripes. You know, and it's like, I, I can just imagine what his back must have looked like uh, by the time all that stuff had healed up. And, uh, but... Uh, so, you know, you can count on this happening to you, being troubled on every side and perplexed and persecuted and cast down. Um, you, can, you can count on that happening to you. Uh, but you, ha- you do have a choice about how you handle it, about how you deal with it. And, and of course, 
You know, Jesus is that great bearer of burdens, and and He wants to He wants to help you through those things, and uh, and at the same time He He gives you strength to go through those things, and He and He makes you stronger going through those things, and uh, and you learn a lot about trusting God when you go through those places, uh, you know, and I, I'm thinking this, uh, specifically of like. Friday was a pretty rough day. We kind of had some, you know, minor to major emergencies going on at work, and it was rather uh, stressful. Um, but it, you know, in the end, it's really a minor thing. It's not that big a deal. It's like not like the world is ending. But um, but what he's talking about here, he's talking about real stuff, real serious stuff that you can't fix. Because uh, and I, you know, if you want to put you know, your current problem in perspective, find something really, 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 really tough that you went through before and, and hold it up to that. And suddenly it doesn't seem so bad. You know, uh, there sometimes I, I think back to uh, when I was in my early 20s and, and Cynthia and I went through all the stuff we did for being in the hospital and everything. It's like, oh, suddenly this doesn't seem so hard. It's like, oh, this is no big deal. But uh, um, let's see here. Uh, so he says, uh, kind of getting ahead of myself, he says, For we which live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might also be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. And it feels that way sometimes. Like you, It feels like everything is, is falling apart in your life and... and uh, uh, but it really does work life through you to the people around you uh, as you learn to trust in God and, and, and you get that, that testimony. Again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit here. He says, we have the same spirit of faith according as it's written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up Jesus from the dead shall also raise up us also by Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace may be might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For our light affliction, like it's like, well, but Paul, you just you just don't get it, man. This is not light affliction. This is this is tough stuff. I'm I'm seriously inconvenienced here. <laughs> I'm mocking myself here. I've got my mirror. It's like this is not the level of blessing I am accustomed to living in. <laughs> Um, it's interesting though because Paul says all the stuff that I went through is for your sakes and so and, and you look at Paul's life he's, he's the poster child for Christianity it's like if anybody if you think anybody God would have just turned him into a greasy spot on the road to Damascus it would have been him and yet God turned him around and made him this example it's like so if you think that God wouldn't forgive you 
here's here's this guy that was killing my own children. And and uh the Bible says he was exceedingly mad against them. So um uh, and and you see in Paul's writings he's like, man, he's like I uh you see that sense of I should have just been destroyed and yet God had mercy on me and he and he let me build in his kingdom. And he let me preach the gospel. He's like, I I don't have any choice in the matter, I must, but but I get to. And uh, and so he's like, and he so he says all these things I've been through. It's for your sakes. So you, so you know if if I go through all these difficult things, uh, it gives you this example that it's it's okay to go through difficult things because God will bring you through it, and and He'll give you a testimony in it, um, and just like just like I have. And uh, and he says our light affliction is for but a moment, and it works in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I was thinking about that uh, this week. Um, you know, Cynthia, of course, works part-time at, at Heidi's school. And uh, there's a, a house, a few houses down the street from us that um, their, uh, their little one goes to Heidi's school. And the kids spend a lot of time at our house. And... Uh, you know, over the last, I don't know, year, year and a half or so, they've spent a lot of time over there. And at first, the kid's dad was telling them, it's like, hey, don't be so naive. Like, people aren't that nice. You know, you need to quit, quit going over there all the time. Uh, and yet, um, he just kept coming over there because life at home was pretty dreadful. And, um, you know, and it was, uh, it definitely worked some interesting things in me because, you know, I, I found myself looking down my nose at these people, these adults, and uh, for having such a, a dreadful home life, and and I looked down my nose at these kids because they were the product of it, and they got on my nerves. Just being honest, and yet I discovered the more I spent time around them, I thought, "Wow, shame on me! Like, look at these people," and uh, so. Uh, the, the boy, he's about uh, about uh, Levi's age or so, comes over and he tells us that his mom is uh, is in the hospital again at Cottonwood, and uh, like, oh, okay, you know, and uh, uh, so then, you know, that puts, uh, of course, puts dad in an awkward position because now he's got he's got these you know three kids and he's got to work his job and and all that stuff and. Uh, um, uh, like I said, of course, kids spend a lot of time at our house, and uh, gotten gotten rather accustomed to having them around. And uh, um, so they, like I said, they bring the little one over to, to Heidi School, and uh, so the guy shows up, and he's got he's got the mother's dad, his father-in-law, is with him because uh, he wanted to meet Cynthia. He wanted to meet this lady that had been so kind to his grandchildren. And, uh, yeah, and that had been so kind to his daughter, going through all of this stuff because she's been in and out of the hospital and she's had run-ins with, with uh, social services and stuff because she's in such a, uh, this difficult state emotionally that she can't cope with everything. And and so he just he's had to meet this lady that he'd heard so much about. And I was thinking, it's like, wow, 
So our affliction is but a moment, but it, it, it works a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Because you, you have something that you can give people, and you can't give it to them if you don't have it. And, you know, I think I just, we were just talking about this last week. You know, you can't, I mean, you, you can commiserate with somebody and not really have any frame of reference for what they're going through. You're like, wow, intellectually I get that what you're going through would be really tough, and I'm sorry you're going through it. It's not the same as I've been where you're at, and, and that's really tough. You know, Hannah came in here with the uh, arm in a sling and everything, and I immediately just felt so much compassion. I was like, oh, I know what that's like to feel like your hand is just this twisted up claw that you can't use, <laughs> and how difficult just the simplest tasks become. You know, and you know, and then I told her, I was like, I want to pray for you. You know, let me know if you need anything too, because I I know, you know, my circumstances were different, but I know how that feels to be in that much pain. And, and have your hand be all messed up like that. So, you know, Friday night, I noticed she didn't have her sling on. I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, made me feel good, even though I didn't get a chance to talk to her. But, um, So the, the things that you go through, though, really do. Um, I mean, obviously, they, they benefit you because you, you grow and you, you learn to trust the Lord more. And, and, he, and he brings you through this stuff in that, the, the relationship with him becomes more precious, but you have something to give to other people. Um, I, I know, you know, when, when Cynthia and I were young and we were going through this stuff, it was like, really? This, I, I can think of nothing more useless and pathetic to be going through. This doesn't seem, I can't see any possible benefit to this, is what I was thinking in my head. And, of course, talking to her, and I'm like, you know, God's He's He's going to use this in your life, and He's going to touch people with it. And uh, um, and and I, I got it, you know, intellectually. <laughs> it's like, and it's like I'm just kind of trying to hang on for dear life here. It's like this is going to be okay because God's going to use this someday, you know. And then, you know, I mean, when we lived in Baldwin, um, you know, of course, like I said, Cynthia is so bubbly. It's like it's hard to not, you know, get to know her a little bit, and talk to her and stuff. And, and uh, um, and so she got to know all these moms at the at school and stuff, and and uh, they would come over for coffee and and just pour their life out to her and just be like, you know, it's like I've got all this stuff going on, and it was all the same kind of stuff she'd been through, and she could talk to them about it, and you know, and then you know we, uh, you know, uh, this this lady that we were talking about earlier, her she comes over for coffee, and and Cynthia's like, well, I know how you feel, you feel like this. And you feel like this, and you feel like this, and she just stared at her, dumbfounded. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, exactly like that." And and so she's like, "Well, here's the answer." And and so you know the the things that we we go through, they they are temporal. It feels like it's never going to end. It feels like it's. Um, uh, you know, I, I see no end to this in sight, and, and I can't imagine what good this is going to do, me or anybody else. But it, it's a temporary thing, no matter how long it may be. Uh, because, you know, Joseph, uh, for Joseph in the dungeon, it was just one day after another day after another day after another day. And the day that the key came into the lock, and, and he they went and 
Uh, and he shaved and showered, went up and talked to Pharaoh. That day started out like all the other days before it did. And so, you know, and God delights in those kind of surprises. I don't like surprises, but I like those kind of surprises. You know, and sometimes God does the most amazing stuff in your life all at once when you're not expecting it. And uh, uh, and th- I like those kind of surprises. But uh, but it, no matter what, you know, no matter you know, even if it's been years that this thing in your life has been dragging on, it's still temporary. And and God is is working you through it to. Uh, for this exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And he's got something eternal in mind for it because someday you're going to meet somebody who is going through this exact thing that you've been through. And you're going to be able to tell them, oh, I know what the answer is. You know, and, and you know, honestly, the awesome thing is, is once you meet Christ and you get born again, you've already got this to some degree because everybody you meet that doesn't know Jesus like, well, hey, I know how you feel. I, I, I used to not have Jesus in my life either. Let me tell you, here's the answer. Um, so, you know, and, and you know, we we don't know. Um, you know, we like to we like to dig up the seeds and, and, and see how things are going, and you know, you know, check out the progress, and you know, we're out we're out there singing to the garden in the moonlight, you know, and. Um, you know, because we feel like we need some sort of validation that what we're doing is working or that the things that God is planting is using us to, to, to plant the seeds. You don't you know, obviously you all you're all laughing because you know that you don't do that. You don't if you want the seed to grow you have to leave it there. You know, and, and so you know, it's just like going to the old folks' home. I I have no idea what kind of impact I've I've had on people uh being there. Uh, and I suppose I probably never will until until we all get to that golden shore. But um, you know, that's you know, just doing the thing that God puts in front of you to do is you know, I mean, that's good enough for me. Um, but uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's precious that uh, um, you know, I don't know if the person that came up with these headings in the Bible is the same guy that wrote the footnotes in it because. If he is, I don't get how his mind works because he writes some of the most pathetic drivel in the in the footnotes, you know. And and yet some of these some of these headings are just spot on, you know. And uh, uh, you know, and and I think this really is one of those spot on places. Never give up because uh, you know, the the things that that that, uh, that we go through really do have a purpose and a value. And, um, you know, when you're able to um, to tell somebody else, you know, it's like, hey, I have the answer. I, I know I know what you're going through. I, I know what the answer to this thing is. And, and we're going to pray. You know, I had somebody talk to me just this week dealing with a very similar situation to, to what Cynthia and I went through almost, nearly 20 years ago now. And... Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, yep, well. And it was amazing how, you know, I remember going through that stuff and talking to somebody else who had experienced it and just seeing, marveling at how calm they were and, and, and how they, you know, they, they weren't 
in despair and impacted so badly by this this uh, this thing. And and uh, because when it's happening to you, it's a lot harder to just remain calm and and be like, okay, everything is going to be all right. Uh, you know, and and honestly, you know, going through those things, uh, I remember just thinking, man, what a great thing to do with your life to help people when they're at their their very worst moments. Um, that's that seems like a super cool job, you know. I'm sure it's probably not so easy if that's what you do for a living and you do it all the time. But um, you know, but it was it was really it was interesting, you know, to felt like coming full circle to be talking to somebody else like I don't know what to do, I'm kind of freaking out here, and and then to be the the one on the other end of the phone that was calm and was like, well, you know, this is gonna be all right. You know, here, here's the answer. Here, here's what. You know, we're going to pray because God knows how to, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, um, and so whatever difficult thing you may be going through today, it's just today. You know, and, and it might go on for a while. I'm not saying it won't. may not. It may. Uh, but it's still temporary. And um, you're going to look back, and I can guarantee you probably all, already all have experiences in your life that were just... Just those things that like took you a while before you were even able to talk about it with other people, without just like reliving it and feeling like you were having like PTSD. But, um, but I can guarantee you, you're all laughing because you all know exactly what I'm talking about. And and, uh, but I'll bet if I were to ask you, would would you if you could go back and and skip over that? And not have ever experienced it at all, uh, would you? It's like, well, <laughs> like the, you know, the correct answer is no. <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody, nobody likes going through difficult, gut wrenching turmoil and stuff. But, but man, what a you know what a blessing it is in your life. Because you know, and it's also those times that God is the is the nearest, you know, and 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 it's those times that your heart is the most tender towards Him, to, to Him just talking to you and doing stuff in your life, and you get a lot more mileage out of a month of turmoil than you do out of a year of of just you know hunky dory, you know, bluebird on my shoulder stuff. So, uh, yep, exactly. All right, Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, for your your uh, faithfulness to us, God, and how uh, in this place, God, we all have testimonies of how you you brought us through places that we never believed would end. God, God valleys that were so dark that we thought there surely was no way out, God, and and yet you led us through, God, and you brought us out on the other side with a testimony of the things that that you did in our life and, and what it did in us and to us and through us, God, and and uh, and many of us have, have also had those experiences of of being able to um, share those things that we've learned and to, to pass on those those things that uh, that you put in our life through these difficult things. God, and what a blessing it is to be able to do that. And God, what we pray today is that you would encourage every heart. God, that as God, that that every heart that's uh, in some deep dark valley, God, that you would encourage them. God, that their faith would not fail, God, but and that, that this very day, uh, God, that they would um, have a drink from the well of Bethlehem, 
God, uh, not just in this place, God, but, but everywhere where your people are. God, I know there are people who would like to be here today that aren't. And God, what we pray is that, uh, that your presence would do in them exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or think. God, that your presence would be that sustaining thing. God, as only you can do. And now today, we just pray that our hearts would be open to you, our ears would be open to you. God, and that you would minister in this place as only you can, that your presence would meet with us and do what only it does. God, we just ask it and pray it in your holy name. Amen, amen.